Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to The Spilled Tea, your place for the latest on pop culture, entertainment news, and LGBT issues. Now, here are your hosts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of The Spilled Tea. I am Dallas Walsh, and I am one of your hosts uh, for this week. And joining me this week, we have David. Hi, David. Hi, honey. How are you? How's it going? Oh, just peachy keen. <laughs> yeah, how's your weekend been? Um, uneventful and eventful at the same time. <laughs> Interesting. I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> but, yeah. I but can tell by your chuckle. Manageable. Something there. Yeah, manageable, though, manageable. So. Yeah, that's good. I don't know if Kyle has joined us yet. He has. No. I'm here. Oh, he has. Oh, hi, yeah. Kyle. How, how are hi. you? Hi. I'm good. How are you? Sorry I'm late. Oh, that's okay. okay. We're used to it here. Yeah, that's oh. how you, you New Yorkers do it now. Can we talk? <laughs> Fashionably late. <laughs> How's your weekend going, Kyle? Um, it's been great. I had a friend in town, so I've been spending a lot of time with him and just doing a lot of things, so I'm glad I could join you guys tonight. Oh, nice. Um, well, David, I'll put it back over to you for uh, a special announcement that we have. Well, before I get to that, how's your weekend? We didn't ask you. Yeah. Hello. Oh, you know, my weekend is has been good, sort of busy just because we uh, we leave for our France vacation next week, so we've just been busy with, you know, like printing all of our tickets that we need to have printed and and getting our house sitter. We have sort of like a, I want to call it a manual, but it's really only one page of just like emergency contacts and how many Mm -hmm. times to feed Jorge, you know, like just a little reference sheet for him. So just getting all of that stuff ready. So it's been busy, but relaxing at the same time, I guess. Uh, see, if I live closer, I'd be doing that because that's what I do for my siblings. <laughs> so funny you say that. Have yeah, I have yeah. it and I feed the dogs, I feed the cats, I feed the damn fish, Ariel. Yeah, do all of it. Water the garden. Yeah. So. Yeah, you should live closer because you could do that for me. I know. Sorry. Oi. <laughs> Oi. Um, so I guess we should get to that special announcement you were referring to. Um, I think in almost every show I talk about Doug and how he um, influenced all of us and brought us all together. So I thought it would be probably a good idea to just have him back, not as a guest, but as our new co-host. Say hello, Doug. Hey, everybody. What's up? Hey. It's, good to hear oh. it's good to hear everybody's voices. Whoa. And did Barry White get on the phone? What the hell? He's like, hey. Yeah, I don't have to. I don't, well, I don't have to. Hey, I don't have to stress now. I can just chill, laid back, drink my cocktail, and enjoy the show now instead of worrying about Twitter and followers and all that shit. I can just enjoy y'all now. Oh, there's the aspect. gang. There's the gang. 
When he said y'all, that's when the gay came out. All right, we're back. We're well, back. that's the southern back. gay. Southern gay. Okay, southern gay. Excuse me. Let's, excuse me. I'm the southern gay. Let's not start Oh, here we go. <laughs> well, bring your Dolly Parton boobs and let's fight, okay? <laughs> well, yeah, he's in New York, so, much, so, uh, so it's just, it, it's no Dolly right. Parton boobs or collagen anymore. <laughs> he's, he's out of California, so. Oh, now he's plastic. Okay, I got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Anyway, okay. it's great to it's great to be back. Uh I've missed you guys. I'm glad you guys were able to take on the show as I was taking care of other things uh here in uh, California. Now I'm the only one on this coast, I believe. Yeah. I think you are. I think everybody's over there now, so looks like I'm gonna have to U haul it over like a lesbian. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh my no god. Any lesbians listening to the show? Yeah, but you do like right? Yeah. <laughs> now, now I just want to ask you, uh, Dallas, as I was listening to you, uh, you have a little checklist for your cat while you're gone. That's so cute. Well, not not my cat, but the oh. the, the fellow that will be babysitting the cat. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I can't really give my cat a checklist. Yeah, not actually the cat. Or hey, while I'm gone. Yeah. Yeah. Or hey, oh, hairballs. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you know what? He's summertime is really bad for hairballs because mm-hmm. he sheds a lot, and so mm-hmm. yeah, poor thing. I, I wish he heart. But, yeah, exactly. So I thought what we could do uh, to start the show now that introductions are over is we could just mm-hmm. go around the table and just so the audience can get to know all of us a little bit better we would share some sort of embarrassing story with mm. um, with everyone. So if you guys don't want to go first, I'll volunteer to go first. But if someone really else wants to, then someone else can. I guess you I'll can take go. the lead. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. I'll go first. Um, okay. So I, I tweeted out to my... Because like I had mentioned, there's a lot of, um, for some weird reason, I don't know if you guys have it this way, but people in my high school were really close at, and on Facebook. And we like, I'd say I have like 600 friends and about 500 of them are from high school. I don't know. It's very weird. But anyway, I was in ninth grade and I wanted to be popular so bad. And so I thought, I have a way to get popular. I'll gain people's sympathetic votes. So I said to my classmates that I was walking my aunt's dog and it ran out in the streets while I had the leash and the dog got hit by a car while I was still holding the leash. And I practiced this, like, for days. Dave, you hear me? And I, got, I had a down pat. I even mustered up a tear. And everyone was real quiet. And then all of a sudden, I remember his name, and I'm going to call him out, John Ingham. Love you to death, but I hated you in that moment. Starts cracking up hysterically. He's like, wait a minute, wait, wait, hang on, hang on. You were holding the leash of the dog when it got hit? That is, like, the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I'm like, no, it was really traumatic. And I was scared. And he's like, oh, really? That's funny. And everybody made fun of me for, like, the rest of the year, and I was so embarrassed. And all these years later, I am admitting it, and um, that is 
probably the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to me. Sorry, um, it wasn't more scandalous. That's okay. I'm sure in your lifetime you've got a lot more. Okay. Are you over it now? Doug again? Do you still feel embarrassed talking about it now? Um, absolutely, because it's like I could have told this like decades ago, and now I'm bringing it up, so it's right. kind of embarrassing. Gotcha. Fair enough. Kyle, how about you? Um, so do I need to figure out an embarrassing story where I cried like David? Oh, no. bitch. You don't have to cry. <laughs> Um, I, David's shoot, just I, emotional. That's okay. I, I part didn't of the know act. We're gonna, oh, I forget. Best supporting actress in a daytime drama. Um, I'm trying to. Yeah. I, I didn't know we were going to tell embarrassing stories, so I'm trying to think of one. Do you, Dallas? Do you have one offhand that you could share before? Well, I think. Oh, I absolutely. Okay. <laughs> he didn't yeah, even think okay. about it. I'll, I'll tell my story. I um so years ago, I'll say I was like maybe twenty two and I I had only been out of the closet for maybe six to nine months when when this happened, but I found this online store that you could buy, you know, like sex toys and, you know, gay T shirts, you know, stuff like that. And I'm not a very handy person at all. So anything like measurements and whatnot, I, I'm, you know, I don't really grasp that. That's not how my mind works very well. And hmm. so I, I purchased um, a dildo from this website. Oh and Jesus! Weeks later, I'll say like maybe three weeks later, I get home. I'm still living with my mother at the time, and so in my bedroom, on my bed, there was this like huge box and because three weeks had passed I could not for the life of me remember what I bought and so I opened the the box and inside there's this huge dildo and I'm talking it was like as thick as my fist black and it was like like a meter long and it was called um, the Rambo well, this thing is not usable. Not usable. No. So I, of course, emailed the, you know, the website, and I'm like, you know, I'm so sorry. I, you know, I, I didn't realize it was actually going to be that size. Uh, can I return it? And they're like, no, you know, you can't return it because, you know, due to health regulations, we can't, um, we can't return a dildo. I mean, we don't know if you've used it or not. So it sat in the bottom of my closet, you know, just in its packaging. So then about three years later, when I'm moving out of my mother's house, I just left the dildo in my closet. So one day, I'm sure my mother would have went into my closet and found this big black dildo. And I'm sure she was like, oh, my God, what is my son doing? So that's my <laughs> embarrassing story. I thought you I still have it because I could use it. Well, the most interesting part of the story. The most interesting part of the story is it should have been called the Mike Tyson, not the Rambo. Rambo wasn't freaking black. I mean, or the Muhammad Ali or something. 
Sammy Murphy. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, the Mike Tyson, I mean, isn't he a little man already? And I mean, he probably isn't very... Oh, please. Yeah. Rambo. That, that thing I mean, on the I mean, probably, probably like on inch, maybe. You've heard his voice. You've heard his voice. It's, see, but if it was a white person, I'm sure it would have shrank a lot, but trust me. It probably oh. shrank like a little bit. <laughs> You're so dirty. Wow, this is, this can be your second most embarrassing story, David. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> I cannot wait to hear your embarrassing story. What, did you have sex with a girl and you thought it was Jack Efron? Like, really, what do you got? No, I'm not, I'm not that stupid to confuse. Um, hmm. No, I, I mean, I try to think of, like, different ones, like ones in high school and stuff, but I'll just think of this one because it, it just shows how gay I am. Um, so my sister had these little pom-poms that she had gotten, like, from a state fair or something, oh, and I always Lord. liked them because, you know, they're pom-poms. And I remember this one time I was in my bedroom, and that just picture, and, and when I grew up in my house, my, my bedroom was off of the dining room, and the dining room was the part of the living room. It was this big open area. So my bedroom was right there, not down the hall or anything. So anything going on in my bedroom, my parents were right outside. So picture it. I'm in my room thinking that I can have some fun. So I get the pom-poms. I put in the go-go's. We got the beat. And I do a little cheerleader routine in my bedroom by myself, thinking that's okay, until the door opens. And my mom's like, what are you doing? And then the first thing I think of, the pom-poms go flying out of my hands, and I just say nothing. So... The embarrassing part is, on the flip side, my parents' version of the story is they're sitting watching TV, and all they could hear is, and like, what the hell is that noise coming out of Kyle's room? And there was me doing little cheers to myself. So we got the beat in my room by myself. That was pretty embarrassing. Girl, that's not, that's not embarrassing. That's what you did last weekend. Shit. <laughs> uh, How's that embarrassing? Mm-hmm. It's not embarrassing that I did it last story. weekend because my mother couldn't walk in because she passed away. Are you happy now? Oh. I'm just saying you're, you're a tragic <laughs> whore. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I know. But my mother did die. <laughs> you're such a hot Whoa. mess. <laughs> way, to, way to bring the, the room down. <laughs> I know. You're such a hot mess. I can't deal with him. I you got to make whoever's going to follow you have I mean, I just want to give Doug a little special, you know. Now you got to really go out there, Doug, because you've got to follow this. <laughs> oh, trust me. I know Doug has one. Oh, I don't doubt. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, yeah. Well, I, I, oh, God, I have so many. I have 40 years of shit that I can talk about. But let me just uh, pick on one that just happened just literally recently. I have a really, really good one, but it would probably take too much time to talk about. So I'll just, I'll just uh, give you the Cliff Notes version of this. So earlier in the okay. summer, before I, quit doing, uh, before I quit doing my shows, I uh, had, you know, well, actually, like, 10 years ago, I lost 70 pounds. So I went from 240 to 170, okay? And I've been at that 170, 175 all along. And uh, then the summer, I was unfortunately sick. And I was in the hospital. And um, when I got out, I was like, you know what? I've lost more weight. I'm going to go buy skinny jeans. Yes, I'm 40, but I'm going to buy skinny Ooh, jeans. Ooh, so shut I, I know, I know, I know. I, I did. Is that I the end of it? Because that is the most embarrassing. No, 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 no. I'm good. There's more. That happens up until last oh, night. Oh, 
so so I bought I bought some and they fit just right. Well, apparently I was in the I was losing some more weight because I went from a 32 to a 30, and I have not been a 30 since maybe like before I was born. So um, I went to the club last night, and um, mm-hmm. apparently I lost a little bit more weight because while I was you know, mm-hmm. attempting to dance on the dance floor, um, I felt them kind of going, you know. Dance on the mm-hmm. ground, dance on the ground. You know that song. You know that was a few years old. Uh, mm-hmm. And it wasn't coming down. So as I was walking mm-hmm. off the the dance floor into the crowd, um, yeah, they went to my knees. And uh, luckily, I had underwear on last night. But uh, that's why I will never be going back to that bar again because, you know, I usually don't wear boxers. But when I was in the hospital, somebody brought me boxers and t-shirts. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I was wearing boxers and I was just embarrassed and I was just like okay uh, luckily I was not only the only white person in there but the only white person that had their pants near the ground so I pulled them up and ran out and cried like a girl and now here I am. <laughs> if we do hey, another segment, uh, well I got a booty but uh, I lost a lot Where'd of weight it go? and I got a, Well, it's still there, but I guess I guess skinny Ooh. jeans aren't that skinny. I mean, yeah, they're skin tight to your calves, but getting them off takes like. 20 minutes like that episode of Friends where, where Ross has got those leather pants on. That's pretty much what it felt like, trying to get them off, but keep the upper part yeah. up and not good. It's called a belt, so I guess I'll wear one next time. Oh, my God, you left home without a belt? <laughs> oh, Lord, my shirt belt. you are not gay. You are not gay. Pretty taking that <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, okay. That's that's it. That's it. Sorry that that's not that was exciting, but I had a better one. But it would take probably 20, 15 minutes to explain. So that's it. Well, that was a good story. Thank you for sharing, Doc. And yeah, oh, Jim, do you wear wear a belt? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Real nice. I know I do, but I had this shirt on. Well, I thought it was the skinny jeans. I bought a brand new pair of skinny jeans and a new size. I thought they would stay up, but I guess not. Mm. You know, a belt, it adds a pop of color. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but not when a shirt's covering it. I don't tuck my shit in. But so. you know. But you know, girl. You know. Okay. You know. Okay. <laughs> so with the Barry White the voice, I also got to take notes from you guys, too. Okay, gotcha. Well, the yeah. difference between us and animals is our ability to accessorize. Who said it? Quick, say it. Who said it? Oh, you guys suck. It's from Steel Magnolia well, you, you, when Clarice oh. said it. Oh, well, I knew so that. Fast, I, just I couldn't comprehend that. I, I thought it was rhetorical that you had to ask us who that was. <laughs> okay. Spell <laughs> <Not> rhetorical. <laughs> R-H-E-T-O-R-I-C-A-L. Ooh. Anyway, that spelling. was a rhetorical <laughs> question. Spelling bee. Rhetorical statement. <laughs> Go ahead, Dallas. Sorry, Dallas. So the next thing um, that I wanted to sort of touch on this week um, which just maybe go around the table and talk about Joan Rivers, who uh, passed away at the age of 81 this week. And, you know, just sort of say if you liked her or if you didn't like her or if you had any memories of her or if you ever saw her live or anything. Just because I've always felt like she was... she's a, For me, she was always like one of the very first people that was very openly supportive of the gay community. And so I've always, um, I haven't followed her, like, super closely, but I always sort of appreciated that she was always very open and accepting to to the gays. So, um, Doug, why don't we start with you on this one? What, what do you think about uh, Joan passing? Um, 
Well, I mean, you know, we we all learned of her, you know, being, uh, you know, rushed to the hospital because after, or rushed into, um, I believe it was ICU after her uh, throat procedure kind of, you know, gone awry. Um, so, of course, we were all rooting for her just to, you know, whatever the situation was happen and, and, uh, and be okay. Um, sadly, we we, uh, we learned, unfortunately, that she had passed. And with Robin Williams just passing a few weeks prior to, it was just a, it was just a, two unexpected deaths that really hit home. Um, Joan, Joan was a woman who not only spearheaded other comedians, women comedians, such as Roseanne, Kathy Griffin, Sarah Silverman, and the list goes on, uh, to really give a, a, a place for, for women to be able to make others laugh in a time back then where women weren't really in the forefront of anything. Uh, so I really appreciated her for that. Now on, the, now, on the funny side, she was, like you said, she she gave us a laughter for us fans. She was vulgar. She was blunt. She would she would insult anybody, and it was it was funny though it was vulgar. And for us that have dirty minds and open minds and enjoy that type of thing, it is uh, it is fun. I didn't get the chance to see her live, but I you know I watched her stand up comedy. I've seen her on, uh, you know on I, we've seen her on different uh, programs. But um, I do remember when I was younger, very quite young, she actually. Um, had a late-night talk show. She was the first-ever late-night talk show host, female. And then she also stood in for Johnny Carson when Johnny Carson was out. And uh, she, was just, she was just really funny. And um, I thank her for that because we wouldn't have the female uh, talk show hosts that we have today, such as Rosie Ellen, Chelsea Handler, etc. But I did want to just say before I end that um, if you're on Netflix, I recommend everybody uh, go to your instant queue and add her documentary called A Piece of Work and also her last recorded stand-up is called Don't Start With Me, and they're both on Netflix. And then also, if you'd like to uh, give to one of, uh, you know, uh, her, one of her charities, uh, she's been feeding and uh, delivering uh, meals for over 25 years, you know, and um, her, her charity is GLWD, uh, which is God's Love We Deliver. So if you want to, you know, pay respects and help that charity out now that she's no longer with us, um, that's uh, glwd.org. That's all I got to say. It was very emotional, though, because um, I feel I feel for Melissa and the family. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyle, do you have anything you want to add on the topic? Um, well, Doug basically hit the nail on the head, which is the way that Joan Rivers just kind of put herself out there was very open and honest about and self-deprecating to herself and to other people and just made it an art form and, as you said, paved the way for so many female comedians now that it's just her body of work is impressive. And when you do see the documentary, you understand so much more about her because the woman was a workhorse. She never stopped working. She did anything and everything just to get a job and just to do something because that was her passion, that was her life. She didn't want to sit still. So I agree with Doug. The documentary is truly amazing to watch because you get a whole different perspective of Joan Rivers. But on another note, it's like the thing that I remember is I remember having her, one of her early comedy albums, What Becomes a Semi-Legend Most, and just remembering all those funny tales about Elizabeth Taylor and her slutty friend Heidi Abramowitz and just laughing and laughing and then just the red carpet by asking, you know, who are you wearing? And that becoming her shtick and how it's become synonymous now with award shows about what people are wearing. Granted, later on in life, I mean, Joan just like, you know, she wasn't always a fan of research where she would ask people the silliest questions and you're just kind of like, oh, Joan, you just need to be quiet. But forgetting for a fact that she's the one that paved the way for this to happen anyway, you know, when she didn't have anything to say to them, she just asked, who are you wearing? You know, just put it out there. So that 
in itself is going to be very much missed because when all else fails, you knew Joan Rivers was around and doing something in there to make you laugh. And it's like, I unfortunately also never got a chance to see her live, but um, just the fact that her comedy legend itself is like going to live on. And it's with her passing, it's just kind of like a, a big wake up call to us. It's like, there's so much that's going on in life and people that have been around for so many years and brought so much to all of us in our growing up and just in comedy in general, it's just kind of truly amazing to kind of look back at the full on body of work and just recognize her for the talent and the legend that she's become. So it's just, it's a big, big, huge upsetting thing, but um, you just know that she's up there somewhere making everybody else laugh and hang, having a great time and good for her because she definitely made her mark on this world in good times and in bad times. And the only thing you can think about is like she's in a better place and we're going to miss her here tremendously. So that's basically what I have to say. Yeah. Well said. Uh, David, do you, do you want to tackle this one? Um, I was in shock. Um, not because I just, I always thought that she was going to go with plastic surgery, like something would happen with the plastic surgery that she would go. So I was pretty shocked that this was something routine that took her. Um, the other thing that shocked me was how people were reacting. People who publicly came out and said that they can't stand Joan Rivers, they hate her. And, and then all of a sudden they're just so, it's almost like they're forgiving her because she died. I, I watched the very first time her and Melissa were on the red carpet until Fashion Police. I was addicted to it. Not that anybody is um, surprised about that because I just, I've never seen her live. I, I kind of liked seeing her on my TV. Um, I think she would have probably scared the crap out of me if I saw her in person. No disrespect. Um, but I didn't even realize that without Joan Rivers, my books wouldn't be into existence. Um, back in 92, I was watching her show, The Joan Rivers Show, and she had a Bond girl on named Tula, and I thought Tula was just beautiful, and I'm watching it. And it turns out Tula was the first trans woman in Hollywood, and nobody knew because she kept it on the down low, but she came out on The Joan Rivers Show. And that started to change my perspective of, my entire book that I was starting to write when I was like 16, 17. So, um, and that's actually in my acknowledgement. I didn't even realize that until my sister told me. So Joan Rivers personally changed my life. Um, but it's sad that I never will get to meet her, but I hope Melissa, who's been very vocal about, let's get back to laughing. That's what my mother would want. I hope quite honestly that she takes over fashion police. She's been on it, and she's the executive producer. Um, I don't think anyone's going to replace Joan, but I hope that she at least fills in, and because um, she's just as knowledgeable, just as spot on as Joan. So I do hope that show continues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think I think that's what I feel for. I feel for Melissa mostly, just because you know they've mm. they've. Almost everything that Joan has done, Melissa has been doing it with her. You know, mm-hmm. in a reality show, and, and they're on yep. Fashion Police together. And even um, more recently, I'll say maybe within the last year, year and a half, Joan was actually doing a YouTube web series called In Bed mm-hmm. with Joan. 
and it was filmed, you know, I think in her um, Manhattan apartment, and she would lay on her bed, and someone, you know, like a celebrity guest would pop out of her closet, and they would chat, you know, for <laughs> 15, 20 minutes. And mm-hmm. um, Melissa would even appear on those, and she would ask, you know, whoever the guest was a couple of questions. So, um, yeah, I feel for Melissa just because I think so much of her everyday life was being with her mother. So my my sympathies go to her. And I never I never personally saw Joan perform live, but when Colton and I were in New York back in 2009, we were walking in um, the Upper East Side, and we actually saw Joan Rivers crossing a street. Hmm. Like, we were crossing one block, and she was on the other side crossing over. And she just struck me as being very fabulous. Like, it was, you know, late September, but it was still warm, but she had, like, this big fur coat on, and she (laughs) next to her was this very attractive gay man, and the gay man was the one walking her dogs. Like, she had two dogs, and I could see her talking Mm -hmm. to him and, and, you know, like ushering the dogs along. So I thought that was, you know, that just stuck with me, like sort of, you know, like what you would expect, like of a diva. Like, of course she can't walk mm-hmm. her own dogs. Of course someone is holding the actual right. leashes and and stuff. So, so yeah, I think that'll stick with me, that I actually did get to see her in person. And, you know, like she she was a real human being. And I think mm-hmm. I think that's what, whenever someone, whether they're, a celebrity or not, whenever someone passes away, it just sort of reminds me like, you know, life is very precious and we should all sort of, you know, t- live each day to to the fullest because you just never know when it will be our last day. So, And something that struck me is um, I watch E! News. I'm not sure if I'm the only one on the panel that watches, but they did a two-day special about Joan. They didn't even report on new stuff. They did a, um, an archive interview of Joan, and they said, Joan, what is the best thing that's ever happened to you? And she said, when I gave birth to my best friend. And when she said that, she actually started crying. She's like, you know what? Hang on a minute. And you always get the sense that those two are, like, joined at the hip. But after I saw that, I realized, oh, my God, they are best friends. Like, they're not just mother and daughter. They're best friends. And then right after that, they showed a clip of Joan and Melissa on their um, Wii series, and Joan had no makeup on and looked at Melissa and said, you know what, if, every, if everything goes away today, just like that, I will know I had a great life, and you and Cooper are going to be fine. You're fully taken care of. And I'm like, holy crap, did she know? Like, it was just, I don't know. I know she's 80, she was 81, so we're expecting for her to pass. But when someone's so full of life, you think, they're going to live forever, you know? So, I don't know. I just thought that kind of resonated with me this week. You know, David, like, to to that point, like, it was so, like, to me it was just so sudden because literally Mm -hmm. the week before um, she went in for this procedure and, you know, we found out that she was rushed to the hospital after, but, like, the week before she had, you know, uploaded to YouTube another one of those episodes of, in bed with Joan, I think mm-hmm. it was um, with Tyler Oakley, and so you know, like mm-hmm. if you watch that, like you you n- never would have thought in a million years that she was 
um, anywhere near passing, even though she was 81. But, you know, like, right. and that's what I mean. Like, you just don't know that, you know, when when your time will will come. So, uh, Can I just Anyhow, p- uh, piggyback, piggyback on what you just said, um, Dallas? Can I just want to say something real quick before you go on? Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, I was I, I was going to mention. Um, ironically, I have a, a solo show that I do called In Bed with Red, and I had no idea that Joan had one called In Bed with Joan. And when I came across that, I was like, "Damn, I wish I didn't know. That. I mean, I wish I would have known that." But um, I only found out about it because somebody posted the one with uh, her and RuPaul on my Facebook like months ago when it was done. So I've watched all of them, and there's eighty. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, seventy-two of them. Well, the, she just did one last week with Leanne Rhimes, but the one before that uh, was with Bianca Del Rio, this last year's winner of Drew, yeah. uh, RuPaul's Drag Race, which is hysterical. If you don't, if anybody doesn't watch any of them, please watch the one with Bianca Del Rio. It is outrageous. And then the one right before that was Tyler Oakley, which was really good. And, I, and the one with Leanne Rhimes, I watched only because I watched Leanne and Eddie, which is on uh, a reality show on television. But I also wanted people also to know, and this is just random information for fans that may have not known it, you can watch the, the comedy roast of Joan Rivers on YouTube. The full hour um, special is on there. And you can also, for, for readers out there, you can pick up Diary of a Mad Diva, which is her book that she uh, released. So just a little promo there for you, um, Joan, if you're, if you're up there listening. And somebody also put a, um, you know, how people make those memes, like photos with people's pictures, and it says, uh, give heaven hell, Joan. Which I thought that was really great. So that's all I had to add to that. Well, and you know that one that one episode she did with Bianca Del Rio. It's it's very rare that on those episodes I've I've seen a, a handful of them, but it's very rare mm-hmm. that Joan is the one doing more of the laughing. Because mm-hmm. usually she's mm-hmm. the one cracking the joke and, and the guest mm-hmm. laughs. Well. Bianca Del Rio like had her in stitches like throughout the episode. So, you know, just a shout out to Bianca because I think that shows how funny she actually is as as an entertainer. Yeah. So moving on to something a little bit lighter, um, and staying sort of on like the gay sort of trendways. I was just wondering if um, any of you have ever been able to stay friends with any of your exes. And the reason I sort of thought this was um, an interesting topic is because um, this Friday coming up, um, I'm going to a, a gay wedding. And I've, I've known both of these fellows for many, many years, and I've been really good friends with one of them longer. But I am his only gay male friend that he hasn't slept with. All of his other mm-hmm. gay male friends, he's either, he's either dated or they've just slept together, but they've somehow been able to maintain a friendship. And I, I just think that that's sort of remarkable in some ways, just because I don't think everyone, you know, can be that big of a person. So I'm just wondering if if you guys ever think you could do that or if that's actually happening with you guys right now. Hmm. Um, Kyle. Um, yeah, I, I, my um, ex-boyfriend and I were together for seven years, and we actually we broke up uh, about five years ago. We 
went to being friends right away. And to this day, we're even better friends than we we're boyfriends. So we um, we still talk like this. Um, in October, I'm going to a wedding in Sonoma for some friends of mine, the straight couple. <clears throat> excuse me. And um, Todd's picking me up from the airport. You know, we're, we are staying in a room together, and you know, he's going to drive me back, and I'm going to stay at his place before I go to the airport when I fly back to New York. And <clears throat> it's as a friend of mine said, it's almost like he still does all the boyfriend duties without the boyfriend privileges and I said well that's like our last two years of our relationship so it really doesn't mean it's different so um, yeah we've actually we made it a point because when we broke up it was very amicable because we have so many friends in common that if we just stayed together and just fought and just ruined it I didn't want to be that person that would have to that would ask people to choose and I'd like to think that I wouldn't be but I think there's a deep-seated part of me that probably would get to that point where I would think, oh, my friends, these are my friends, their allegiance is with me, not with him. But it never got mm-hmm. to that point because we, <clears throat> when we split up, we both knew that it was the right thing to do, and we've been friends ever since. So to some people, it's quite dysfunctional because we went straight from being boyfriends to non-boyfriends to friends right away as opposed to you know taking like a six-month break or something. But it worked really well for us, and actually we are – better at communicating. I mean, we talk about everything. Like when he's seeing someone, when I'm seeing someone or who I like, we can openly talk about it and then not be weird, you know? So I'm very happy that he's still a part of my life because he's such a great guy. Um, and my friends like him and I like his friends. And I just think that I don't see how I could have had my, I could have gone on and not had him a part of my life because he was such a big part of it for so long. But I just knew it wasn't going to be to that extreme that he could be a part of my life. But as a good friend, I could see it happening. So, so I say for, to answer your question, it's like, yes, I am. And we've got along so well. And like my other boyfriend's back from Louisiana, it's like, I still talk to them. It's no big deal. It's like, you know, whenever they come to visit or when they have a birthday card, you know, so it's, we've, I've never had anybody where it's been like, if he's dated, where it's like, after we've broken up or it's taboo, we don't want to ever see each other again. So I've been very lucky. Granted, the relationship went out. They were never seven years, but um, so I'm, I'm very fortunate that I've, I've, I've met people enough where we kind of realized it wasn't a, it was a no go, but we still wanted to be a part of each other's lives. Cool. So your boyfriends—they've graduated high school by now, right? Um, no, one. <laughs> you know, he's about to. Sweetest little graduation present, and it's like you know what? Eighth grade is like the hardest year of your life. So wait till you get into ninth. It's just gonna be the best thing ever. Yeah, I know you like them young, like young. I like um, Michael Jackson yeah. young, but young. Wow. Okay. Ooh. Um, I'm not even gonna answer that. <laughs> not even gonna answer that. <laughs> but if it, but if anyone is curious, no, Todd is not younger than me. He's actually two years older than me. Gotcha. Oh, so he's ninety four. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Some things never change. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there. Sorry. You guys are hysterical. <laughs> So since we only have, go ahead, Doug. Can you put a touch face on that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, 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 uh, I'll, I'll not make anything, 
to where he can make fun of me and last for five minutes. Um, I actually, you know, I, I'm 40 and I've only been in like three major, uh, you know, long-term relationships with men. And uh, I was with one for four years. That's what actually brought me out to, to California the first time back in 2004. Um, we were together for four years, and after that, of course, when a breakup happens, you know, more than likely, you, you know, one of you, maybe one of you, uh, not you guys, but one of the people in the relationship, you know, mourn or it takes a while to, to get over the person. And I left him for for my own reasons. And uh, now that that was in 2006 when we uh, we uh, broke up. And so it's 2004 now. So for eight years now, we still continue to be friends, and we talk weekly on. Uh, Facebook through chat, and I've seen him a couple times since I've been back in uh, in, in uh, California, and it's just nice to be able to have that friendship. And for me, I believe, you know, this is just my my opinion, um, that I believe that when you're in a relationship, it should you should be friends already, or make them, be, you know, not make them, but become their best friend, because, you know, in my spiritual process, you know, when it is over, and if it's a, and if it's a good breakup, and you know, not, I mean, a positive one not a i'm going to i'm going to stalk you and kill you if you're with somebody else type one but if you're in a positive outwards of a relationship i think you can be friends long term and be there for each other even though you're not there intimately and physically and emotionally as you were before so yeah i i I have and then there's you know then there was the crystal meth uh pothead last year that i dated that i'll probably you know never talk to again and, and well not probably never talk to so there's just different people it just depends on who it is but i definitely would love to be friends with my exes um especially the one I told you about. Hmm. Very nice. And David? Um, First of all, have you recovered from your giggle fit? Yes, I'm done. I think I've tried to be friends. I have one ex that we are friends, and when I move to Boston, we're going to hang out as friends, nothing sexual. But my other exes... um, I definitely try to reach out and be friends, but for whatever reason on their end, they're not willing. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna um, hold that against them. I mean, sometimes when you're in a relationship and you give it your all, and when it's over, you're just like, you know what? I need a fresh start. I can't be hankered with the past, and I'm in a new relationship. It's not about you anymore. Which, again, I understand everybody's different, but. Yeah, there is one of my exes where we are really good friends. We talk pretty regularly, and he's just such a nice guy. And, um, yeah, I can't wait to move back and hang out with him more. So how long had you guys been dating before you broke up? Um, We were dating. He was my longest relationship. I'm, I'm not one of these people who can date somebody for years and years, which is sad to say. Um, He and I were together nine months, and we broke up. Let's see. He broke up with me because at the time I was just very, I think, looking back on it, and I'm going to admit it, I think I was pretty clingy. I wanted him to, I wanted to see him every day and, talked to him every day and he was just like "Eh, I don't know about that and so when we broke up I was devastated and um, he's like well I still want to be friends and I'm like all right and we've maintained that since 2008 we've just been really really good friends 
But I also think knowing that his roommate at the time was one of his exes kind of helped it too. So, but um, my last boyfriend, I don't think I will ever talk to. Um, back in 2011, as I was releasing my first book, he kind of told me, you know, I don't think this is going to go anywhere. I don't know what you're doing. I don't even think that you should release this book. I mean, nothing's going to happen with it, so why even do it? I thought, God, what an ass. What a jackass. And I confronted him, and he said, you know, I think it's part of me because I'm in the same job. I hate my job. I'm just doing it for a paycheck. So I think I was projecting that on you. And I said, well, yeah, but once you say something, you can't unsay it. And so I waited until the day after his birthday, and I just broke up with him. So. Well, at least you waited but, until um, after his birthday. <laughs> Thank you. I I think so too. Yeah. But um. Good for you. But yeah, but yeah, that's one of the ones that, even though he was in the wrong, I was big enough to say, you know what, I still would like to be friends with you. And now that he has a new boyfriend, he kind of ignores me. So that's okay, though. I'm good. So. That can happen. That happens. Yeah. Yeah. More often than what people realize, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just uh, the last topic I thought we would cover today is just, the, um, you know, a general discussion about gay weddings in general. You know, again, because I'm going to a gay wedding on, on Friday, I guess it's just been on my mind. Um, you know, I'm just wondering if you guys have had the experience to go to a gay wedding or do you know any couples that might be getting married? I hope you guys are all in places in the States that it's legal now because it's almost everywhere in the States now that, that it's legal, right? Correct me right. if I'm wrong. I think it's, like... it's been legal in Canada for, for a while now, everywhere in Canada. But I know the States, it's different. Like it goes state to state. Right, I think it's like 13 or something like that. I, I don't know the exact number, but it's not a, I think it's a close very, to the 20. It's not a lot of states, but yeah. So is, is it like half at least? Um, I mean, like Doug said, it's close to the 20. That's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I mean, it was 51. on Facebook a couple of weeks ago that I think, I can't remember the state, it was like our 20th or 21st one, I think it was. Um, mm. Anybody listening, of course, tweet us and let us know for sure. But, uh, you know, it's still, we're, we're a lot further than we ever have been, that's for sure. Mm. But I think the three of us in the states are all in states that allow it, California, New York, and uh, Massachusetts. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. Okay. All right, good. Unfortunately, my home state just, did not pass it, but they're thinking it's going to go to a higher court. Good. What's your home state? Louisiana. Oh, Louisiana, okay. But in Louisiana, it's illegal to be to sleep with, with corpses, so I'm not surprised. <laughs> well, that should be illegal. I'm sorry, it's not illegal. It's legal. I'm oh, sorry, okay. it's illegal. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's illegal. Yeah, it's, I think it's illegal everywhere, Kyle, but thank you Sorry. for sharing. No, I'm, no, it's legal to sleep with corpses, So, but I'm sure only if your corpse is of the opposite sex. So, Oh, well, that's nice and gross. Well, yeah. Well, it's just like, well, that's how I feel about sleeping with live people of the opposite sex. Oh, okay. 
Well, that's <laughs> awful to say. Um, <laughs> you know, when it first came legal in Massachusetts, one I was at um, Mass Mutual, and one of my coworkers, who shall remain, remain nameless, he's such a tool. He said, oh, well, this is great. Now I get to have husbands in many states. And I thought, you're such a tool. Like, why would you say something like that? Um, I mean, granted, it is true with me. Now I get to have a husband in every state. But still, he's a tool. Um, I think it's going to be cool that someday two men and two women getting married, no one's going to bat their eyes at. I hope it's um, sooner rather than later. And as a black person, I feel like the gay rights issue is almost as important as the civil rights issue because you can see somebody and you can tell if they're black. You know, whether they're black, whether they're, um, I'm sorry, African-American, whether they're Haitian, you can tell. But if you're gay or bisexual, or even transgender, you can't tell that on the outward. I mean, some transgender you can, but um, mostly you can't. And I think it's like another micro minority that um, that needs to speak up. And I'm so happy that in America, where other countries are looking to us as role models, that we are starting to set some sort of precedences. Um, I know in, in Paris, that it's very, they don't care. They don't care if you're gay. They don't care if you're black. They don't care about that crap. So it's kind of funny how we're kind of catching up to the rest of the other countries, finally. Mm-hmm. Cool. Kyle? Um, I, you wanna, uh, well, I was just going to answer what you, had, what you had talked about. Um, I have been to a gay wedding, and it was pretty... It was these two friends of mine that, um, I mean, I knew I had met through other people and stuff, and so I did know them at more as acquaintances and gotten to know them a little better, but going to their ceremony was just just so special and just so emotional because not only am I sitting there watching two people that I really care about express their love to each other, but also I'm there. And I think that, to me, was more emotional than the fact that I was at a gay wedding, you know? It was kind of like what David was saying, like, hopefully one day, I mean, I it's down the line, but that people are not going to care. But for me, I don't think in my head I was thinking, well, oh, my God, this is so cool. I'm at a gay wedding. I think it was more of like, oh, my God, this is so cool. These two guys that I adore are expressing their love together, and I'm I'm witnessing it, you know? It was kind of like you kind of think that going to a gay wedding would be cool, but it is. But once you're there, it's not the fact that you're at a gay wedding. It's more of like you're mm. – like you attend any wedding, you're like – I'm here witnessing two people attest to their love to each other. I just thought that was just amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it was just a, such a great, it was just a great day and just really special. I mean, I haven't been, uh, that was like the only, the second gay wedding I've only been to. So, um, and the first one was just as, just as special. But I think that was so many years ago that I, when I think about it now, like that was a, even more of an event because it was outside, there was cable cars going by, you know, it was just kind of like the whole event and, it's just it's just an amazing thing. It's just like just like any wedding, you know. It's just like it's a testament of love, and that you're you're invited to share in that, and it's just incredible. So yeah, I'm been very fortunate that I did get to go to a couple of gay weddings. They were just just amazing, you know. It's just like when people start to think about like how 
you know, it's this kind of um, abomination against what is supposed to be a marriage and a wedding and stuff. If you'd actually go to one, you'd realize it's the same thing as anything else. It's love. That's all right. it is. So it's like it's just kind of upsetting that people think that they need to be and everybody else is just. So, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like what I think. It's like it's just two people who love each other. Why should we care? I don't think about what they do in bed. It's none of my business. What I think about is like here's an outward expression that these guys want to share with their friends and family that they love each other and the fact that their parents were there. It's, it's just very emotional. So, um, yes, I have been very fortunate and lucky in that respect. I, I really like how you said that it, it's, you know, it'll be nice when one day you just say, oh, I'm going to a wedding. And, yeah. you know, we don't have to classify it as, you know, a gay wedding. You know, like, like that'll be a great day, I think, because, you know, it, like you said, it is just about the love of the two people that are choosing to get married. Well, unless you want um, to do say that it is a gay wedding just because you know it's going to be a little bit more fabulous. Exactly. You know, it's, it's, it's funny you said that because I thought, oh, my God, I've never been to a gay wedding, but I actually went to a gay wedding two years ago, and I totally forgot about it because just like Kyle said, I just thought it was two people, but it was my former roommate, um, Andre, and his boyfriend, Dan. They got married, and the thing that struck me about it as I'm thinking about it is that Dan is black and Andre is white. And I know that's funny because of their names. It should be the other way around, but whatever. Um, Andre is the French person. But the thing that struck me about it is that I'm looking around and I see people from the age of, I don't know, mid-20s to 80s. And everybody is happy and everybody is crying. And you never think that somebody in their 80s, I guess the stigma is if you're in your 80s, you don't get it. You're, you're stuck in your ways. You're you're still going to be homophobic and straight and is normal. But, I mean, these people had their grandparents there, and everyone was happy for them. And I just, it, it was so awesome to see. And I guess that's why I kind of forgot about it, because to me it was just like a normal wedding, you know, where everybody was crying and happy for the couple. And But, um, but that's the only gay wedding I've ever been to, aside from my own, which will be happening hopefully, one day. It will. It's, it, the biggest question isn't when it will happen, David. It's with whom it will happen. Uh, I've got so many suitors. It's tough for me to narrow it down, you know. Um, I mean, I even have two brothers fighting over me. It's just ridiculous. I don't, I don't know. Well, well, sweetie, like, TikTok, if you can't, I mean, you're not going to be able to pull off a shotgun wedding very much longer, you know, with those eggs drying up. <laughs> you bitch. <laughs> You're not invited. Just send your present. <laughs> uh, Doug, did you want to chime in on the on the wedding topic? Uh, well, I've never really I've never been to a gay wedding. I I I, I grew up in Indiana, which is a red state, and uh, then I I moved around a little bit. But when I moved around, the states unfortunately were red. I guess it's because I'm a gender. But now that I'm in a blue state. Um, and I, I hope that, you know, as I become more uh, social and, and get out and meet people, that I would love to go to a gay wedding. I think it's, uh, I think it's a beautiful thing, and uh, that's really all I want to say about that, except that I do, I, myself, the romantic, hope that I get to have my own gay wedding someday. You know, and I think, like I said to David, I think one day, one day it will, if if that's yeah. what you want, I think. I think so much of what you want to have happen in your life, you you can actually control. 
So mm-hmm. I think if you guys really want to get married, then it will happen for you. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to a gay wedding on Friday, and I've been to one other uh, gay wedding about four years ago, and and then I was involved in my own gay wedding. So. Yeah, and you know, like I think, like Kyle said, it's it's really no different than a straight couple wedding. It's just that the two people expressing their commitment to each other are two men. I haven't been to a lesbian wedding yet, but I would love to go, just to see if they were plaid and stuff. Cause oh my god! <laughs> you are such a bitch. <laughs> Stop hanging out with Kyle. <laughs> They I tend to like plaid. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. No, I, my friend Wendy is a lesbian, and she got married to her girlfriend, and they both wore gowns. They're lipstick lesbians, okay? Oh. They both wear gowns. It's just, I, okay. yeah, I can't believe you said that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, like 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 Ellen and Portia. Portia wore a dress, and Ellen wore right. a suit. A suit, right? You know, so I, I she think had just like every. Well, oh yeah, yeah. Just like every, even gay couples, there's going to be a masculine one. There's going to be a feminine one. There's going to even if there are two masculine ones, there's one that's a little bit more feminine. So, yeah, that's I true. Swear. There is balance, actually. Yeah. Except yeah. when Kyle marries Zac Efron, I don't know who's going to be the top in that relationship. Lord Jesus. Kyle. Just because you, just because you sit on it doesn't make you a top. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> well on, that that note. <laughs> on that note, we're approaching the one-hour mark, so does anyone have any final comments that they want to dish out to everyone? Yeah, I'm sending you guys a message to this website. I went to see this um, art exhibit. I don't know if you guys heard about it. It's Thomas McKnight, and he did this this um, photography installation of all these redhead guys, and it's called like, it's this Ginger Explosion. So I'm sending you the link to it. It, it was amazing. It's all these hot and non-hot redheads, and it's just about has quotes from all the guys about how like just kind of like the stigma that they had growing up being a redhead and a ginger and what they've gone through. So it's pretty really cool. So I'll send you guys the website. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Well, I won't send it to you. I'll send it to Doug. <laughs> yeah, being I a ginger there. myself, I, 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 I can uh, enjoy yeah. that, I guess. I send it to you via Facebook, Doug. All right, thank you. I appreciate it. So, Doug, how was the first week being back? Uh, it, it's great. I'm able to just literally lay back here in my chair and just listen. And it's really hard when you do host a show because you are multitasking because, especially for interviews, because you have to, or even when you have four or five people on the air, you've got to be paying attention to everybody while you're tweeting out and Facebook and, and, you know, it's hard to actually listen. And one of my things that I've been working on in the last year in therapy is listening to people. And I want to help people. You help people more when you listen instead of hear them. So I appreciate being able to listen for the first time. Legitly. Not that I tend to listen to you guys before. It's just it's easier now for me to, to do this. 
And I just have one final thought uh, for Soap fans. Uh, I just, uh, David said it's okay to plug this. Uh, tomorrow on On Air with Doug, I have Cameron Grimes, who plays, who played Cassie and now playing Mariah on Young and the Restless. And also Friday, for any of you General Hospital fans, I have a trifecta of a gay threesome with the one and only Ryan Carnes, who plays Lucas, and Perry Shen, who plays Brad, and... Uh, Mark Anthony Samuel, who plays Felix. All three will be with me this Friday, so be sure to follow On Air with Doug for all the information on that. So thank you guys for letting me be here. I do appreciate it, and I can't wait till next time. Oh, of course, of course. And mm-hmm. when I get back from Paris, I will definitely have to check out the Cameron Grimes interview um, mm-hmm. because I think she's been amazing since she's been back. Mm-hmm. Like She comes back, and you wonder why they have had such bad casting. Like, it's it shouldn't mm-hmm. be that hard to find a good actor. Anyhow, I could digress. Right. David, do you have any um, final thoughts that you want to put out to everyone? The only thing I want to say is that um, the two brother husbands that I have, I just would like you guys to follow them because they're hilarious. Um, at Moot Comedy is Brian, and at Patrick Moot, is Patrick. Doug actually interviewed him. It's the guy who has the five-inch penis. Um, even though he has a five-inch penis, he's got a hot rocking body. And they have another brother who's just as hot. So, um, yeah, that's, I just wanted to tell you guys to follow them. They're hilarious. Um, Patrick smokes. Don't hold that against him. And Brian is just insanely funny. And, yeah, just follow them. That's it. Well, okay. Why don't Why don't you tweet out their Twitter handles again so I can sure. Oh, that'd check be great. Them out. I won't re- I won't remember the. the <laughs> okay. Um, I will do that. And thank you. And what I about just, you? Um, well, yeah. I'm just gonna say I'm just going to you know see everybody in a couple of weeks because I won't be available to do probably the next three shows. Two for sure. The third mm-hmm. one is still just up in the air, depending how much stuff we have to do when we get home um mm-hmm. so you know have a good couple shows while i'm away and i can't wait to tell you guys all about my france adventure have an amazing time yeah Thank i look you. forward to your photos yeah well some photos will have to be kept private you know the ones mm-hmm. of course mm-hmm. no we okay. no you you can send us the real Eiffel Tower. Don't. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. <laughs> you'll, you'll see me climb the tower and slide all the way down. Oh, my <laughs> God. I love you, Ben. I wish that was your Fort Worth. <laughs> and this Holy is mother of God. Until the show. That was perfect. Yeah, let's hope not. <laughs> yeah. Although he would be like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, oh, I'm sure he would be, but he'll be probably appalled. But okay, boys. Well, thanks for a good show. And, Thank you. Um, yeah, we'll be in touch with um, on Twitter and social media. All right. Thanks, everyone. Good. good night. Thank you. Bye. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.